as always, we're back with you again. Happy New Year. This is the Boom Bap. I am your host, the man, Anthony Pierce, along with me. I got my boy, Isaac. What's going on, dog? I'm chilling, man. I am chilling. Man, I think we need to go ahead and say this now. Uh, this might be the last episode that will be named the Boom Bap. Um, I'm in the process of uh, brainstorming some new names, whatnot. Um, I kind of want to include everything else. We we've been doing a lot more sports talk. Uh, we're doing today is going to be a very sports heavy show. So I, I don't want it just to be based on the aspect of music. If we're going to be doing a lot more sports talk with uh, the playoffs going on, uh, XFL getting ready to start, which we'll be talking about. I'm pretty sure uh, as the basketball season um, starts to really kick into full effect, March Madness is on the way, the NBA playoffs. You got hockey. Yes, I'm going to be talking hockey sometimes too. Mm-hmm. So, baseball will be coming back soon. So, I, I want to be able to use that as well for this platform. So, definitely going to be making some changes to our name here. Uh, hopefully, we'll be having something for that in the next episode. But, it's all good. Because we got a show for you today. We covering everything that happened last week with the wild card game. Unfortunately, we were not able to get our predictions, but it's okay. We'll be getting our predictions for the division around. We'll be talking about the new rules for the new XFL. Also, the rosters. Uh, just everything on, on that. Um, also, I, I do need to go ahead and uh, talk about a uh, hot topic of the last day because the internet been wilding. Yeah, I'm gonna add to talk about the news real quick and uh Boosie. So we'll be getting into that and we'll see where else we go with that. So stick around. You ready, Isaac? Get your popcorn ready. We're gonna ride. Let's go. All right, so as always, well, at least for now, until like the XFL is over, we're gonna start off with some football. Uh, playoffs took place uh last week, Saturday and Sunday. We had four uh really really good games. I did not expect all four games to be so close. They were really good. All four games were pretty close. The uh, largest margin was, I believe, the Patriots losing to the. Uh, we'll start there. The Patriots losing to the Titans, but the game was closer than the score actually showed. Uh, for the for the for the vast majority of the game, it was a. Hold on, let me go look at it. But I believe it was a three. It was a three score game most of the game. That was like the. Uh... The Titans scored first. Yeah, Titans scored. No, no, no. I'll show you that back. That was a one-score game. Patriots scored first. Then the Titans scored a field goal. And then it was like 7-3 prime. And then the Titans scored. It was like 10-7 for like the longest time. And then... um, The Patriots went to halftime with the lead. No, then the Titans... No, it was one point. Patriots kicked two field goals. 
It's two, two field goals. Then the uh, then the Titans scored a touchdown, and it was like that for the longest time until like the very end of the game. Yeah, and this was and crazy thing is this was a seven point game at the end of the when it's all said and done. Um, the biggest thing here was that the Patriots just got ran all over by by far the best running back in this year, uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, 34 carries, 182 yards, and a touchdown. On top of that, he had a catch for 22 yards. Uh, matter of fact, of his of his 200-plus yards, 75 of it came on one drive. The man's a house, okay? No. He's built like a house. He, he, he is a house. And the fact that this man, in his entire high school career – Racked up 12,000 yards. 12,000. That's, That's 4,000 yards a season when you average it up. Over 4,000 yards a season. And he probably was averaging 45, 50 touchdowns a, a, a season. <clears throat> you just don't do that. Well, if you heard, what's his name? Chiseled Adonis, his sir, credit to Chiseled Adonis. If you heard what he said, he was rushing for like two thousand yards, and he played all four years. He was rushing for like over like twenty six hundred yards, like every season. I think his senior year he had five thousand fifty something fifty some odd touchdowns. Exactly. Like what? Like this dude was getting five hundred yards a game, and it was like nothing to this dude. In high school, bro. Like you know that's dominant. You have to be to do that. Like that's crazy. Do you remember? Did you ever go to the games in high school? Where? Where? At Branch. I mean, I went to like I think I went to one because you know how I was at ROTC, right? Yeah. I think I went to one because I was uh it was homecoming and I was part of the saber team. And they came out there, and you know how they did say routine for the yeah. and all that. I was a part of that, so I stayed. I, I hopped around for one game. Then I remember like another game I went to. I did, uh, yeah, another game I went to. Uh, my pastor invited invited me because his son played for the team. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. I just saw him like over the weekend too. By the way, speaking of Josh, uh, quick side note: He's working for the Dolphins, for the Miami Dolphins. Word. So that's what. That's why he just like out out of the blue came back up to Virginia this week because he's done now. Yeah, yeah he's uh, he's out there. He's 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 big. Yeah, shout outs to him, dog. But yeah. that's what I was saying. Like those are the only two times I can remember willingly going to a uh, going to a Western Branch game. Well, I was in the marching band, so we went to just we went to all the home games and a few away games, but we always went to one certain game, and that was against Oscar Smith. Ah, so y'all can see them get dragged in real life. Uh, yeah, and there was one quarterback. Actually, he was a he was actually funny funny thought. He was the number one player in the entire nation, the number one recruit in the entire nation, Philip Sims. Don't look, don't believe me. Look it up, Philip Sims, and we had to watch Philip Sims destroy us on a yearly basis. And even Philip Sims wasn't doing the stuff that Derrick Henry was doing to other teams. 
So I'm sitting here thinking about how he and J.C. Coleman were just like destroying us every year. And it's like, no. The stuff they they were doing to us is nothing compared to what Derrick Henry was doing to these kids in high school. To be fair, fair, (laughs) when we were going to Buster Branch, our team was like the Bengals. We were bad, bro. They were good our freshman year. And like I, I worked with a guy that actually played play for the team my freshman year. He would not let me forget that they went to the playoffs my freshman year, even though they got destroyed by Bethel twenty one to seven. Well, that's not getting destroyed. That's that's just no, that's no, just no, no. It was twenty one to nothing, and the seven points came on dead time. Okay, so so yeah, it was so bad the quarterback threw the ball backwards. It was bad. The point is, the point is like, it's, it's he's, a, he's a house. He's oh, yeah. A house. And if, I don't know, because the Titans got the Ravens next, right? Yeah, and the thing about that is, I think Tannehill is going to be more of a factor against the Ravens because, let's be honest, we knew that Tannehill was not going to be a factor in this game. That's true. The, the big X factor of this game was going to have to be Derrick Henry, and it was because we already know how the secondary is. They have the best quarterback in the league, and even outside of Stephon Gilmore, that 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 secondary is nasty. Devin and um and um the McCourty twins. The McCordy twins are back there. Uh, I can't remember who else is back there. Uh, oh, uh, Patrick Chung. These guys, these guys have a spirit. Like, they have age on them, but they are playing like they're they're in their prime. And these dudes are in their thirties. Like I want to say, outside of Gilmore, that starting that starting four of that uh, secondary is in their thirties. All of them. I can't even think of the other McCordish one. It's Devin and something. His name starts with a C. I'm going to look it up real quick because it's bothering me. Because I, I follow that. You know they share Twitter. Yes, no, they not for Instagram. They say, they they share it Instagram. I mean, they're twins. I mean, what do you expect? Uh, I know a lot of twins, and oh, it's Jason. My fault. Not it doesn't start with a C. It's Jason. I know it's Devin McCordy and Jason. McCordy, Jason right? and Devin. Yep, that's it. J Mac and D Mac. That's how, that's how they uh sign their uh post when that way you know who's the one posting. I mean, but to say that twins all share a, a Instagram, that's not true because Shaquille and Shaquem don't share an Instagram. Well, no, they're not twins. They're brothers. No, they're, they're twins. twins. They're twins. Yeah, Shaquem and, Sha- Shaquem and Shaquille, it's wins. Believe it or not, hold on, let me, let me make sure. I know Shaquille is, is older, like slightly older than, than Shaquille. No, no, no. Yeah, hold on, maybe, let me let me double check on this. Shaquille came out first. Shaquille came out first. Shaquille got dropped it before Shaquille did. Yep, they're twins. Wow. Don't let me surprised. All right, very well, very well. Born uh, July 20th, 1990. Oh, wow, I'm older than both of them. Then who? The Griffins. They're, they were born in 95. Oh, we're old. 
we doing with our lives? <laughs> exactly. No, what that's crazy. Austin Theory is 22. No. What are we doing? I have no, I have no words. Let's move on to this other AFC game here. Uh, this was a, this was a, a lot better than I thought it was going to be, because it's like the Bills and the Texans, like two teams that, like, I was talking to my friend, and she was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm watching the game." She was like, "Who's playing?" I was like, "The Bills and the Texans." She was like, "Who are they?" <laughs> they like they're not that popular yet, but this was a really. Bills and Texans, that was a really good game. The, Josh Allen knowing that game kind of. No, he threw that game away so many times. It's not even funny. It was uh the first time he threw it. It was like he took two horrible sacks. Well, one wasn't really a sack. One was just the intentional grounding. And then the fourth down sack was horrible. And then they get the ball right back. And then he's running with the ball. And tries to pitch it to nobody. And he got the kill. What kills me is he got the first down. Just go down. Slide like, and live to fight. It's like it was early. It was it was like one forty left on the clock. They're past midfield, and he throws the ball back behind midfield. And I was just like, dog, what are you doing? Yeah. How that game went to overtime, I will never know. The thing that really got me, because this game was this game looked like it was going all Buffalo until JJ Watt, who I, I don't think you heard. Did, did, did you know that he was not even supposed to be there? Yes. Injury, right? Yeah. Like they were uh, saying early, because what was like nine weeks ago that he had surgery? Uh-huh. And so they were like, okay, his season's over. Like, forget playoffs, none of that. Take He's done. Over, right. And so he comes back. And that's the that's the biggest that's the big story of this game. And then they're down six, they're down 13-0. Inside the 10-yard line, he makes a he makes a big sack. And that wakes the entire team up. They go, they come back down, and Deshaun Watson looks like a totally different person. Because he was sacked seven times in this game. Uh, side note, I need them to fix that. If you would have told me that watching how the rest of the game played out, I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> I'm going to need them to fix that O-line situation because they didn't score to the fourth quarter. No, third, late in the third quarter, my fault. Yeah, that's... And that touchdown, did you... the His touchdown run? Yeah. I just walked around the house saying he's a grown man. Like they, but to be honest, who they got? They got the Chiefs. Yeah, they're not gonna be able to do that against the Chiefs. Oh no! Especially if the Chiefs start playing. The the Chiefs come out with the defense that they've been showing for the last few weeks. They're going to struggle because I don't know if Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson are going to be able to handle that run game. Not not and and it's not that's not a knock on them. Like they're they're both solid running backs, but they're. They're middle. They're they're like middle of the pack running backs. When you look at it, outside of of Nuke and Steels, that's pretty much all he has. Because uh, what's the dude that's uh, what's the what's the receiver that's out now? Uh, Will Fuller. 
Will Fuller's oh, yeah. not playing. So that's his other option. But so right now his his top two weapons right now is Kenny Stills and um Hopkins. So they're gonna have to need they're gonna really need Hyde or Johnson to step up. And that line to block. And that line is gonna have to block because seven sacks is not gonna cut it. No, not against the Chiefs. Definitely not. And you got Frank Clark. Uh, they still got Chris Jones. That's not that's not going to work. And then you still got Honey Badger back there just waiting for something to go. And the thing about Deshaun Watson is he's not afraid to throw. And he's going to he, he he's known to throw some picks here and there. Not not Jameis Winston, but he's not afraid. To him there. Um, on to the next one. Uh, that game was won by the Texans 22 to 19 in overtime. Uh, speaking of overtime, we have another overtime game, which I think these overtime, especially this overtime here, is really going to spark a conversation. Oh, yeah. Because not even not, not even before we get to the controversy of the last play. But just the mere fact that the offense did not have a chance to get on the field, there's going to be conversations about that, especially for the playoffs. And we're going to talk. We're in in a, in a few minutes. We're going to talk about another uh, another overtime rule that's coming up with uh, the new football league coming up in the next few weeks. But we'll get there. But yes, the Vikings and the Saints. Um. Take away the fact that that pass interference was not called. The Saints that deserved to win this game. The Saints, you said what? The Saints that deserved this game. No, I'm not. Here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about that. It bothers me. It legit bothers me how good the Saints are. And the Saints are <laughs> the Saints are like the Cowboys. In the sense that they they are good, they're phenomenal. They have like okay, man, they're phenomenal is when it comes to Cowboys. They have talent, okay. They have a good quarterback in Drew Brees, legend. They have a receiving core, people who can catch the football, and all this other stuff. But they cannot win when it counts. Now, granted, in the last three years, one of those times was because of defense. Last year <laughs> was because of the most blatant officiating, the most blatant no-call I've ever seen in my life. Facts. I think any of us have ever seen. I think we all agree there. And then this one is for one could argue is also a no-call, but at the same time, they didn't put themselves during the game before these said incidences, especially in the last few years. In last year, in said, in, in before that controversial moment, they were on their way to score, were they not? Yeah, I mean, look at even the last, I think it was the last drive they had during, uh, one of the last drives they had during regulation. Taysom Hill drove them down the field. 
He grown man his way through two tacklers and got them in scoring position. And what happens? Drew Brees from from us the ball. Right. And so here's the thing: they are they are a the biggest. I don't like using the word overrated. They're like the biggest like Cinderellas when it comes to this. You know what I mean? Or no, I don't think that's the right word. They're the team that gets there, but can never do it. They're the mighty ducks. Yes. Yes. They are good. They got everything they need, but they can't put it together or they can't sustain it. You know, when it matters. They should have beaten the Vikings. Drew Brees, there's no way Kirk Cousins should have should have been playing smarter than Drew Brees. He outplayed Drew Brees, and the thing is, like now, every every that, that should be a sentence. Kirk Cousins outplayed Drew Brees should never be a sentence. And even then, like here's the thing that really set them apart. Take away, take away Kirk Cousins and Drew Brees. Where was where was Alvin Kamara? Where was Kamara? I can say what Dalvin Cook did. 94 yards on the ground, 36 yards through the air. And a touchdown. And a touchdown. I mean Michael Thomas Michael Thomas came to play, I I, I suppose, but still got outplayed by Adam Thielen. Both had seven catches. Thielen had 129 and Thomas had 70. I just don't understand it. Like, it's like, and e- even looking at the stuff, even looking at the blatant no call of last year, there was th- there was still moments in that game where they could have still won that game in spite of. Because mind you, that game went into overtime. Yeah, and, and in spite of that bad call, they had the ball, and what happened? Drew Brees threw a pick. So it's like, in spite of, you still have opportunities to win games, but when it comes down to it, you just don't do it. Yeah, yes, yes, you got screwed. Yes, you and I agree. That should have been pass interference. But even if it was pass interference, they call it pass interference. They go right back down to it. Are you going to still let them catch the ball and score again? What, Drew Brees going to get the ball and throw a pick again? Drew Brees did not play good at all. This was one of Drew Brees' worst playoff games. I, I don't think I've seen a worst playoff game from Drew Brees since the championship game against the Bears, the year the Bears went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Colts. Wow. That might be one of the worst playing games I've seen. I don't know. I, I, I can't recall a, a worst playoff game from Drew Brees since then. Yeah, he threw a touchdown, but when it came down to it, he two turnovers. It's so unlike him. It's sad. It's kind of crazy. Mind you, he's 41. His contract is up. Kamara's contract is up. And Taysom Hill. No, his contract, Taysom's contract, and um, Bridgewater's contract are all up. So they have a dilemma in their hands. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. Oh, this is going to be a very interesting free agency because Drew Brees is on contract. Andy Dalton is about to be released. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Eli's going to be on, on, on market. Um, Philip Rivers is going to be on market. Brady's on market. This is going to be crazy. 
it's, it's still not known what's going to happen with the Cowboys. We don't know if they're going to keep all their pieces if, if Cooper's staying. Well, Cooper wants to stay in Dallas. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting because they they still got they they is no this is not a contract year for Dak is it so he still has a year on his contract right? We yeah I think so we need both we need both Gallup and Cooper. We need I agree. Uh, we need we need that and maybe some like rookie from Alabama or wherever. Judy Something yeah y'all not getting I don't I don't think Judy's gonna uh, drop down to y'all. We need a vertical. What we need is a vertical threat. So you so you're talking Jerry. I think the the biggest vertical guy right now is Jerry Judy, but I don't think uh, he'll what drop about, down to y'all. What about that boy from LSU, Jefferson? Is he is he uh? That might be. I, I mean, but I if you really think about, it, y'all have vertical. Y'all have a vertical guy with. I mean, I don't think Cobb. Y'all didn't. Cobb only had one year, right? Yes. Well, yes. Cobb is also Cobb, Cobb is always there. Gallup is a vertical guy. So really, y'all need a guy for the slot. Yes, we know Gallup is a vertical guy. Y'all need a slot guy. Yeah. Somebody that can yeah. sit right in the middle. Oh my God, Tavon Austin, but we don't use him. Ta- <laughs> Tavon is just. I don't want to talk about Tavon. Let's go to this last game, okay? Very well. Ta- I don't like Tavon. Okay. Every single time we play against Tavon. He destroys us in some kind of way. So, no, we're not talking about Tavon. Let's get to this last game. Let's get to this last game. See, you know what we could use? Taysom Hill in the slot. How about that? Hmm. I don't think I don't think the Saints are letting him go, dog. Y'all think so? Y'all think they're going to let grow? Well, no. They love Breeze. They love Breeze down there in New Orleans. I don't know. That's a that's the thing because you either take Breeze for another year or you take Teddy Bridgewater, who really showed that he can run that offense. And you have Teddy Bridgewater for a little longer than Breeze. He is forty one too. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't take him. That's just me. I I think that the Dolphins or somebody like that, like maybe the Dolphins take him, and then they use him, and then they they take Tua and let him sit behind Breeze for a year. Two is not going to go down to the Saints. No, I said Dolphins. Dolph- I said Dolphins take Breeze and then draft draft Tua. Burrow is definitely going to the Bengals. Oh yeah, Bur- that, that that's a foregone conclusion at this point. But let's get to this. Let's get to this last game here. And my boys, the, the Seahawks defeat the Eagles seventeen nine. Funny, funny, funny fact. What was the score of the uh, regular season game for the Seahawks and Eagles? Seventeen to nine. Seventeen to nine. I had to look because I was watching the game and it was right after the uh, the catch by DK to ice it, and I was like, "Wait, that score looks familiar." So I looked. I was like, "Wait, nah, we've been in the same score both times. That's great." But uh, I I will say now, I know a lot of people have been talking about this. Yes, that was a dirty hit. Oh yeah, on uh, Carson. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and I, I hope. And I, I saw some bad news on that. Um, it, he was pretty bad off after after the fact. So my prayers go out to Carson Wentz. And it sucks because that was his first playoff game. Remember the last two times the Eagles made the playoffs, it wasn't him quarterbacking. 
It was Nick Foles. So that really sucked to see that he only couldn't last like two drives. And even though he was out, I mean, he didn't play too well anyway in his in his in the way he was playing. One for four, three yards. Maybe would have got better. We don't know. But uh, DK Metcalf really went off in this game. The fact that Josh McCann hung around and was able to get into the play. No, that was lucky, and that was his first. That was his first playoff game. Ever. Ever. How bad he was. Well, that's how bad the teams he was on. Like, look at the teams he played for. They weren't making the playoffs. And I, and you know, the thing about that. I think Josh McCown could could have been a lot better if he had uh, the pieces around him. And imagine imagine him playing with the with the squad Cowboys have. I think he I don't think he would have been I don't think he would have been Dak, but I think he would have been a serviceable quarterback. You think he would, I feel like he'd be like a more pocket tone around. I would go more along the lines of a Jimmy G. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely proud of the boys. They they pulled off the win. Uh, the the D line outside of that dirty hit, they played really well. Seven sacks. Uh, sack Carson Wentz once, and then sack Josh McCown six more times. Uh. No turnovers by each either team. Uh, Marshawn Lynch got a touchdown, even though he was only six six carries, seven yards. Had the touchdown. Not really a good game running outside of Russell Wilson's forty five. He led the he led the team in rushing with forty five. Homer had twelve, and Marshawn had seven. So we go up against the Packers, and we're going to have to run the ball a lot better because if we don't run the ball, we're we're in trouble. Because they have they have those Smiths on each side that are waiting to attack. Preston and Zedarius. Yeah, they, they are chomping at the bit to get at Russell. And they have a better they have a better secondary too. They had Jerry uh I don't know how to say his name, Alexander. He he's really showing up to be one of the uh premier corners in the league. So that's gonna be very, very interesting to watch. Uh so that was everything for the recap. So in a second, we're gonna get into the predictions for this coming week. Right, so here we are. We have the division round this week, and we start off Saturday afternoon with the Vikings and the 49ers. This is gonna be an interesting one here. Uh Jimmy G's. It's a lot of people making their first playoff games. This is Jimmy G's first playoff game. Uh this is a very young but hungry team. I'm um, trying to think who on this team has playoff experience. 
I mean, the coach does, but he his his biggest experience right now is blowing a twenty five point lead to the Patriots. He does. Wait, he has. Okay, Emmanuel Sanders has a ring. Yeah, with the Broncos. Uh, I think that's uh, Richard Sherman. He has a ring. Yes. And that might be it. Quan Alexander was with the uh, Buccaneers, so you know that he does. He doesn't have any playoff experience. So really, it's Emmanuel Sanders, the coach, and Richard Sherman are really the ones that's been here before. So they had. They. I, I mean, if you look at it that way. You have somebody on all sides of the game that understand what it's like to play in this in this atmosphere. This is a really, really, really good team, and it, it pains me to say that. I hate the 49ers with all my heart, but this is a really good team, and part of me wants them to win this game. The 49ers. Yeah. So you guys, you know. yes. I want one more. more round three. I, th- I think I think the fans deserve one more match. We need a rubber match. Uh, look, just look at how the last look at how the games have come by. The first game came down to a field goal at the last seconds of overtime, uh-huh. and then the second game came down to a quarter of a yard. Based off that, that game could go either way. Statistically, we know the 49ers are better. But when it comes down, when it comes down to these two teams, you can never be too sure. That's true. So for just for that reason, I'm gonna say the 49ers win this one. I, I was going with them too, because you know, they're my dad's team, so now if and if the Vikings beat the 49ers, yes. I'm trolling. Now, the funny thing, the Seahawks do have an opportunity to have a home game in the playoffs. Yes. Even without winning the NFC West. That will be if the, 40, if the 49ers do croak and lose to the uh, Vikings and the Seahawks beat the Packers. But I don't see that happening. I still think the Seahawks are a better road team than a uh, home team this year. With the fact that uh, we are now, even including the playoffs, we are now 8-1 and one in, uh, on the road. Four of our five losses have – we are actually 4-4 four four at home. That's terrible. Uh, also, Saturday, this is the Saturday night game. This is going to be probably my my most watch. This is probably my game to watch: the Titans versus the Ravens. Whose running game is going to take over this one? The Ravens. I'm sorry. All right. So here, here, here is the concern. What Lamar Jackson are we going to see? Because you remember the last time we saw Lamar in the playoffs. It wasn't pretty. Now, granted, the the scheme that he was playing and everything like that was not is not the scheme that he's running with now. 
and we've seen a totally different Lamar Jackson compared to what we even what we were seeing in the regular season of last year when he was running that West Coast scheme. The offense now that he's running is a lot more similar to what he was running in Louisville, and it's working for him. Surprising because a lot of times when you see a lot of college games, they'll work for a short period of time and then defenses will catch on. Uh, the wild card, the wildcat. Roger, you have three dudes. You have three dudes who uh, who can run the football pretty effectively. Oh yeah, they ha- they have they have a squad, and let's let's not let's three not. Heisman winners, RG three, RG three, Lamar and and Ingram. Ingram, and then they have Gus Edwards too, which Ingram's actually hurt. They they don't know what we don't know how his injury is going to affect him in this game. But even without Ingram, they have Gus Edwards, who is also a very serviceable uh, running back. Uh, let's not forget the Ravens have a uh, a solid receiving core, two tight ends who are uh, deadly, and then they have a burner. Hollywood Brown is just a straight burner, and you never know what he's going to take that top off that defense. Now, I will say that the Titans do have a really good defense. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that, although we've not, we have not seen Lamar be stopped, this, this offense has not been stopped, but it has been slowed down. So I think the I think in order to win this game, the Titans are gonna to have to slow Lamar down. And that's 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 not easy. They do have a really good uh corn they do have some they do have a good secondary. They have Logan Ryan back there, uh I can't can't remember the rest of the guys, but they, they have some they have some names back there. That front seven is really good too, and then even looking at the offense, the leading rusher in the league, like I said earlier, Tannehill is going to be. I think Tannehill will be a bigger factor in this game compared to against the best secondary in the league. So adding him, you're going to have AJ Brown to worry about, and I think AJ Brown might be the best receiver of this rookie class. I think it's AJ Brown than DK. Any objections? And then they play together? Nope. Yeah, who played together? AJ Brown and DK, I think, play together. At Ole Miss? Yep. I want to say that's who it is. I know I know DK came from Ole Miss. I wanna I wanna say AJ yeah, Brown is Ole Miss. They both did. They both did. So yeah, them Ole Miss boys are uh legit. So I think that the and to, to my surprise, this Ravens defense can be a little suspect. Yes, even with Earl Thomas back there, but Earl, I mean Earl Thomas is kind of old. He's a lot older, and coming off of that uh broken leg, I, I didn't expect him to be the Earl Thomas of Lob. 
I mean, he's yeah. still good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not able to beat Earl Thomas. And so you take you take on to the fact that uh, their best cornerback can can be a great. He can be great and bad at the same time. It, it never you never know when he's going to be good. No, don't know when he's going to be bad. One second he's taking a pick six, and then another second he's getting burnt because he bit on a um on the double move. Mm. So I think this is going to be the closest game of the uh, week. I am actually going to say the Titans pull this one off. I think we're looking at the next Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. I think we're looking at the next Bill Belichick minus minus the cheating, hopefully. In a Harbaugh? No. And it's, who? Um, Bill Belichick and who? Vrabel. You really think that? You really think? So? Minus the cheating. Let, let, let's let's no, go ahead and cut that out now. He's very calculated. Nobody else has thought to pull that move on Bill Belichick other than Mike Vrabel. I ain't gonna lie. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I was cracking up when I saw it. I was like, yo, this dude is smart. I like this. If I want to see how fan, I'd be a Titans fan just because of that. It was pretty brilliant. And to pull it on, on Belichick, that was the best part. So I, I think the Titans can pull this off. I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans actually go go all the way here. So I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans here. I think this one is actually going to uh, surprise everybody because I think this one's going to go into overtime. I think this goes into overtime, and I think that the – Titans running in, punching in with the best running back in the league this year. If I had to put a score on this one, I would say the score would be 26-20 Tennessee. I put it that close. Huh? I would put it that close. I say 26-20 Tennessee in overtime. So another OT game? Yep. Uh, I can see it. I believe the next game is Seahawks and the Packers. Yeah. I, pr- I pretty much said what I wanted to say about this. I want to see the uh, 49ers and Seahawks one more time. I think I think our defense can hold. Our, uh, our run defense can be good, can be bad. It just depends on the day. If we can stop Aaron Jones. I think the yes. biggest concern is stopping Aaron Jones. Should be everybody's concern. Yes, because right now Aaron Jones is playing like the best player in that offense. Yeah, it's to the, everyone's surprise. That's not figured to be that. That's literally everyone's surprise. Wait, I, I just thought it was just because he was playing against the Cowboys, but evidently not. He's just balling out all year. Yep, just ball out, buddy. But uh, I'm going with the Seahawks. I think that we can stop Aaron Jones. I think that DK. I think DK. If, if not DK, we still have we have we have weapons. Yes, y'all be fine. I think Marshawn will get another touchdown. I think Trey Homer's going to play a lot better. 
uh, Travis Homer, my fault. Uh, I'm expecting lock. If it depends on who Alexander's covering, if Alexander's covering Lockett, I think DK makes the bigger impact. If it's covering DK, I think Lockett will make the impact. But the thing with playing against the team is not just covering the routes. Once Russell Wilson gets out of that pocket, route tree route tree is over. It's I'm going to find my way open. Can you keep up with me? So that's the thing. Russell Wilson getting out of the pocket, making some men miss, getting the ball down the field. Um, maybe run a few screens here and there. Uh, I, I like the the flat play where they go with the play action and throw it on the flat to Tyler Lockett. I love that play. Uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. Uh, I definitely feel like all these games are gonna be close again. Two two weeks in a row close. Yeah, we might have one blowout, but I'm not banking. <laughs> and the last game we have. Oh, who you who you got for that one? Who you got for Seahawks and um Packers? You there? Wi-Fi. Huh? So my Wi-Fi is garbage. Oh. Now, if you had to pick one of those games to be a blowout, which one do you think would be a blowout? Chiefs, Texans. Who blow out who? Chiefs, blow out Texans. Okay. Because I, I, I definitely think Pat, Patrick Mahomes, now that the Patriots are out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. I think that he's seeing... I think he's seeing the the light, and he's ready to he's ready to take it. This become the the new the new flag bearer of the AFC. I think between them or the or the Titans or will be the flag bearers of this uh, AFC. I don't. The Titans are going to need to do it again next season for me to really believe in them. I think the Titans this year are the are the Jaguars of twenty what was it twenty seventeen? Yeah, I, that's that's what I look at them right now as. Was, which is so funny because they got screwed in that game. The Jags got screwed that game. Oh yeah, like royally, like they were going to be they they you know the play I'm talking about right? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. The fumble, Miles pick up the fumble. They called the play dead. Yeah, that play got screwed. I never seen. I've never seen the team get screwed that bad until the until the Saints last year. <laughs> like for real, the it's Jaguars the Patriots. The Super Bowl that year. Uh, I think I think that would have been a fun game. The Jaguars and the um, Falcons. Oh yeah. And I think a lot of people didn't didn't share that same sentiment, but I thought that that could have been a very well, very interesting game. The referees certainly did share that sentiment. Oh no. Nah. Tom Brady equals ratings. I always remember that. Uh, Brady equals ratings. He's going to make it to the Super Bowl every year. The Patriots have to get there every year. I could go on, but I'm choosing not to. All right. So now we now that we got that, let's look into some um. Let's look at some more football. Uh, fortunately for us, yes. Football does not end. Two things football-wise are fortunate for us. One of them, not, not a lot of people are talking about. Football does not end after the Super Bowl this year. No, it doesn't. And hopefully, hopefully, 
Oh yeah, let's get to that before we get to the XFL. Who you got? The Tigers or the Tigers? <laughs> I'm gonna take the Tigers. <laughs> uh, so you got Cle- you got the Clemson Tigers, and then you have the. Uh... Can't really just talk about this though, because they those teams are fierce. Oh yeah, Joe Burrow versus Sunshine. Well, there's someone won't even recall. I heard somebody call him Joe Cool. I'm not calling him Joe Cool. Yeah, neither am I. But yeah, they call him Joe Cool, and then you have him, and then you have Sunshine. And I don't know who to go with. This is gonna be a very entertaining game to me. Yeah, because we all saw what LSU did to Oklahoma, but that was Oklahoma. You know what I mean? Like, but. Like, uh, like, what's his name? But these guys, Clemson, I don't think anybody understood, like, Clemson was, is, they've been undefeated for the last, first of all, they're the undefeated, they're the reigning, defending, undisputed champions of college football right now. And they've been undefeated for two years straight. Did you know that? Yeah. You did? Did you also know that Trevor Lawrence has never lost? Undefeated. Yeah, Trevor, he's undefeated. He's never lost. And this is what, his third year? He has won every single game he has started. That's crazy. Dude won the championship as a freshman. Yes, and then nobody but and the crazy thing is, like, nobody he is that game versus he played versus Ohio State was like a tale of two games because it showed he's got the commitment and power to lead them because I watched every second of that game. They were down at one point 16 to nothing. And then all it took all it took was like two all it took was like two big runs and all of a sudden they're right back in. Mm-hmm. And that blew my mind. It blew my mind because I'm like this dude, first of all, he's like 6'3". I think he's super tall. You know, he's like 6'3 and like 220. And I'm like, first of all, there's no way he should be running like that. And he's out there outrunning. This dude had a 60-yard touchdown in that game. A 67-yard touchdown run in that game against Ohio State. And then he and them just... The rest of it, I'll play it in the field. I, never I didn't know he had wheels game. like that. I know, right? And nobody knows that. You know? That's why I was wondering, why wasn't he in the Heisman? He'll be in there this, next year. Well, if he stays, at, well, yeah, he has to stay another year. Yeah, he's a sophomore, so he has, he has to play one more year. Yeah, I'm saying, like, what, what bothered me is, like, why wasn't he in the Heisman talks for this year? You know? Why wasn't he? 
was undefeated. Mahomes was undefeated. He was like, still not. I'll tell you why. It's because of, I'll tell you why Clemson hasn't been as, it's because of that game against North Carolina. Yep, that, that'll do it. That one loss game, that they won, but it was by one point against North Carolina, unranked North Carolina on the road. That's why, that's why people started, that's where people started doubting Clemson. Mind you, they still won the game, but from then on, people were doubting Clemson. It's like, oh, there's no way Clemson's still there. And then quietly, surely and quietly, people are going to be like, oh, well, Oklahoma, Bama's going to get back in. You know, Bama's going to recover. LSU's going to be in there automatically. You know, people were saying, oh, Michigan's going to do something, which they didn't do. <coughs> Michigan. You know, That's a good joke. What killed me was people were really wanting Alabama in there. And Bama had two chances. One against LSU and one against Auburn. They missed out on them both. And I don't hear any excuses. Oh, well, they didn't have two. That doesn't matter. They're Alabama. They will figure it out. They figured it out with Jalen in the national championship game. They'll be able to figure this out. <laughs> right. They didn't figure it out. Like Jalen has a, a win under his belt in the national championship. No excuses. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going with LSU though. Why? Because of Burrow. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just not sure that they can handle Joe. You don't think so? Mm-mm. I honestly don't know. I don't know who I want to win. To be honest, if you didn't, I want Clemson to win. I wouldn't mind Joe Clemson. I wouldn't mind LSU winning. I wouldn't mind it. At the same time, I want Clemson to win to kind of put it in everybody's face that says, y'all thought I forgot about us, right? Just because we almost lost to, to North Carolina. I really want them to win to kind of show it in everybody's face. Because they did forget, like, the whole country forgot that Clemson was even there. Mm-hmm. They, did. they really did. You know? Like, they almost lose, not lose, they almost lose to North Carolina. And everybody wants to forget how good Clemson is. They was like, okay, yeah, let's go ahead and just beat everybody else. And then uh, let's go ahead and win the rest of our regular season game, dominate in our conference championship game. And then, you know, oh, we'll just play number two Ohio State and beat them, you know, soundly. Then we'll go on from there. Definitely. Whatever, man. Whatever. All right, let's quickly, let's quickly run through some of the stuff that's uh that the new rules actually being announced for the AFA, uh, AFL, uh, the XFL. Speaking of the AFL, it actually went under. Finally went under. The Arena Football League is finally over. Oh wow! Yeah. So uh, let's actually start with the uh, PAT. So, you know, usually for the PAT, you kick the field goal, get a point. Right. Go for it, get two. Well, XFL says after a touchdown, the team has the option of running a play from the two, five, or ten-yard line, worth one, two, or three points, respectively. Hmm. So, there, there, there are no kickers. Ever? Well, they have punters, but that's it. So, no kickers? Wow. So, no Nick folks. No Nick folks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Chosen Adonis is going to love that. So they're, they're never going to have field goal posts. Yeah, 
folks. There's no Blair Walsh's. There's no. There's no Brett Maher's. Nope. Uh, and if like you know, uh, when you return like a pick on, on a um, conversion on on the PAT, if the team takes it back to the end zone, they get three points instead of two. Oh wow! So like on the oh, I get it. So on the PAT, somebody takes a interception or a fumble. What about a fumble? Fumble recovery back three points. Wow. Okay. What else you got? Um, the punt. They cannot. The punts cannot go out of bounds or in the end zone. If they do, they go to a thirty-five yard line, and it's called a major touchback. Like the um, the receiving team starting. Um, the receiving team thirty-five. Hmm. The receiving team is thirty-five. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can double pass. Uh, this is about the double pass here. If a team completes a forward pass behind the line of scrimmage, that team may throw a second forward pass as long as the ball has not has at no time crossed the line of scrimmage. So you know, like when uh, teams do like the uh, revert the uh, pass backwards and then they can throw it again. Uh-huh. You can stand in the shotgun, throw it forward, but not if not, but stay behind the line of scrimmage. And as long as the ball has not passed the line of scrimmage, you can throw it. You can throw it down the field. So let me do it straight and throw like so pretty much do like a screen pass and then And he can go he can he can launch it down the field. Okay. Wow. That makes screen passes harder. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then like you can throw like a a crazy wildcat. You have the receiver at the uh you have the receiver at, at the quarter position, screen it to the quarterback and he launch it down the field to the other receiver on the other side of the field. Everybody's going to need to be at least proficient. Like your wide receivers, running backs, are going to need to be proficient. Oh yeah. Football. It's also makes it kind of harder to defend. Actually, it's easier to defend, especially if it's in the house. I don't know. That's really tough to defend. Like that's that's going to take a lot of. That's what I'm saying. So they're making it like so they can like. That's going to take defensive work. discipline. Yeah, that's because it's like. You see a screen pass, but you you're, you're, don't don't leave your assignment because he might launch it down the field. So they're going to be playing a lot of zone, man. Oh yeah, uh, overtime. A lot of spies, like a lot of spies, a lot of contained, and a lot of zone. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you play man deep. Yeah. Like you know, like a close in the box, you're playing zone or you're spying or you're contained. Overtime is more like a uh, soccer shootout. Uh uh-uh. no, this is no there's no more sudden death. This is uh a five round stage is uh I'm gonna read exactly what it says. Overtime shall consist of five rounds. Stage and alternating single play possessions as customary in NHL shootouts or MLS penalty kicks. A round consists of one offensive play per team. Each possession starts at the opponent's five-yard line, and the offensive team has one play to score. The team with more points after five rounds is the winner. If it, yo, this is I got goosebumps reading this. Like, if a team has been mathematically eliminated before all five rounds have been completed, the game ends immediately. 
if a team scores in the first three attempts and the Bees stop all three on their first three, there's no need for the other two, and the game is over. So it's pretty much best three of five. Pretty much. It like if you you got to get all five. Like whoever who whoever's done. If teams are tied after five rounds, then the rounds continue until one team is leading at the conclusion of a round, and that team will be the winner. So there are no ties. And the way the way they have this PAT, they're not expecting that to happen. They're not expecting that to happen a lot because you can go for one, two, or three. Oh, you're talking about overtime? Yeah. Okay. And um, in a second, we're going to get to – I want to get to more of this, so just hold on to that. We're going to get to more of this. All right, so let's continue on these rules because I'm getting goosebumps for this. Uh, they were ta- There's been a lot of talk about shortening up the game. There is a 25-second play clock. So the NFL does 40 seconds. So a lot of that dead time that you see during the NFL is being filled by, by action. So I, I like that. Uh, the comeback period. Let me read about what this is. It's a lot of stuff up here. This I'm reading on the XFL uh, website, XFL.com. You said a comeback drill? Comeback period. So comeback period? Okay. This, occur- this, this is the XFL rule. Occurs after after the two-minute warning in each half. On plays that end in the field of play, the game clock will be will be stopped until the ball has been spotted and five seconds have run off the play clock. Okay. On incomplete passes and out-of-bound plays, the game clock will stop completely until the ball is snapped. Okay. Which I've been kind of wondering about because uh because of this rule here. So the running there again with the shorting of the game, they have the running game clock. Outside of the last two minutes of each half, the game clock will run after incompletions and out of bound plays. It will. So even if you miss a pass, the clock is running. It It is going to run. Okay. So aside from incompletions and out of bound plays, the game clock rules outside of the last two minutes of each half is the same as NFL. Okay. So there is none of that uh stopping the clock and everything out, unless it's in the within the two minute period. Okay. Uh, timeouts. The XFL will have no coaches challenges. Well, hold on. This is before I even get the challenges. Uh, each team will have two one minute timeouts per half. Yo, so a lot of these rules are really based on the fact that they're shorting up the game. And you said the no coach challenges? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to this now. There are no coach challenges and all plays will be subject to review from the replay official who will be sta- stationed in a booth above the field. Okay, so if he gets a bad call, no, like, meeting him out in the parking lot. Well, I guess you can still meet him out in the parking lot, coach. I mean, Yeah. All right, so let's look at the reviewable plays. Reviewable plays are limited to A, plays involving possession, B, plays involving touching of either of the ball, plays involving touching of either the ball or the ground, C, plays governed by the goal line, D, plays governed by the boundary lines, so pretty much if the ball is out of bounds, plays governed by the line of scrimmage, placing of the ball, 
Plays governed by the line to gain, whether you got a first down or not. Numbers of oh, they're reviewing numbers of players on the at, at the field at the snap. So if you have 12 men on the field, they can review that. Ah. Game administration. Ooh. Is that what I think it is? Ref they review. Oh, okay. Penalty enforcement. Proper down. Spot of a foul. Status of the game clock. Disqualification of a player. I'm pretty sure that's the targeting rule. The list of review plays is identical to those in the NFL prior to 2019. The exception is the replay. The replay official may correct obvious errors involving player safety at any point throughout the game, which I can I, I can I can definitely live definitely live with that because of uh, head injuries and whatnot. Yeah, that's fair. Exception. Now the exception is the replay official may correct any egregious and obvious error that may have. Ex- Oh, you're going to love this one. Any egregious, obvious error that may have a significant impact on the outcome of the game in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter or during overtime. And we just had a conversation about this. That's brilliant. Oh, my goodness. How hard is that in the NFL? Like, how hard is that? Like, this is crazy. It's really, it must be really hard, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and so th- now they have five common sense rules. Okay. So let's look at these new uh, these common sense rules. First one, f- one foot in bounds. They're going with the college rule. Okay. Five toes down challenge. <laughs> to catch a ball means that a player. Oh, what is a catch in the, in the XFL? Secures control of a live ball in flight before the ball touched the ground. Touched the ball, touched the ground and bounds with any part of his body, and then maintains control of the ball long enough to enable him to perform an act common to the game, i.e., long enough to pitch or hand the ball, advance it, avoid or ward off an opponent. So football move. Football move, yeah. Okay, so it's the same rule. So it's the same thing as what a catches in the NFL. Yeah, so their rationale for this is catches in the NFL. Oh, just throwing shots. Catches in the NFL are often up to debate because of time and control of the football. By simplifying the rules that establish control of the football, we are creating easier ways for officials to determine when a catch is made when interviewing over 100 players on their opinion. Players often said a catch is made with your hands, not your feet. I don't know if this is Vince going through all this or if this is Oliver Luck that is like really hands on with this, but I love it. I think it's Oliver Luck though. I'm gonna just say Oliver. Uh, the next rule. This is a dedicated ball spotting official. So there will be a dedicated ball spotting official who will solely be responsible for quickly spotting the ball and getting a new ball after each play. What's the ball look like? Beautiful. I'm going to try to send you a picture in a second. I I looked at it because uh, one of my friends, 
he posted on Facebook saying, like, that ball looks amazing in a tight spiral. Wait, is it the... Is it the black and white, red one they used to use? No, 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 no. Their colors are red and blue. Is it on the page? Uh, it should be on the page. Somewhere. You, gotta, you probably might have to see a video, though. Okay, okay, wait, I see it. I think I see it. I think that's the right ball. Okay, yeah. But I think the balls are individual. I think they're, like, specific to teams. Hello? Mm, interesting. You see that? Yeah. I think the balls are specific to teams. This is not one. Is eight. This is eight XFL game balls. Since two distinct fi- features make the XFL's official football stand apart from any other sports. The XFL game ball comes in eight custom looks to match each team's primary color scheme, and is distinguished by the following: the points of of each football are wrapped with X white marks in white and the team's primary colors. This design allows receiver to track the ball easily. Patent pending X pebble grip technology will help players control the ball with a feel that enables a tight spin on throws. Allows ball carriers to enhance their security. Interesting. Yeah, I'm looking at them now. I like it. Too. I love how they're individual. Here, should we run through the teams? Actually, let's do that. Let's run through the teams. Well, yeah, let's. We're gonna run through the teams after this too. Uh, I got a few more rules. Okay. All right, cool. All right, so coach to player yeah, communication. All right. While still in development, the goal is to so for select offensive players to have a coach to. Have, Coach to player helmet receiver. Usually the quarterback. The coach to player system would allow a member of the coaching staff in the bench area or the coach's booth to communicate to a player through a speaker in his helmet. Okay. So the quarterback. Basically, or, the, or usually the quarterback or the linebacker. Usually the middle. Broadcast partners would have access to this communication and may use it during the game. Interesting. Okay. So basically, they could use that as another way of us experiencing the game. So, like, instead of listening to the commentators talk the whole time, they'll say, "Let's let's look into what's being said between the two teams." You remember how the AAF had us? Uh, that what, what was it during the uh, review plays, and they had the different ways you could watch the review. Yeah, 
Yes. That's basically what we're doing. That's basically what they're doing now. The players, the coach, uh, coach, the player communication. Okay. I like it. This one here is a. Uh, this is interesting. So the simplified illegal man downfield rule. No ineligible player shall be or have been more than three yards beyond the line of scrimmage until a passer throws a legal forward pass that crosses the line of scrimmage. A player is in violation of this rule if any part of his body is beyond beyond the three-yard limit. In college, you can't go past you can't go past neutral zone. In the NFL, you can't go a yard beyond. So this helps, especially with RPOs. So they can delay the RPO a little bit more with this. Because like with RPOs, you have to worry about your lineman getting down the field too far uh, or plays that, uh, or broken plays where the, run, where the quarterback is far outside the pocket and then sometimes the lineman would drift forward. They have a little bit more leeway with this. So, I mean, that's not bad. Uh, the last one, 10-minute halftime. Wow. Okay. So, most of these rules go into the whole idea of shorting up the game. So, I expect, I expect where NFL games run you about three hours. This will run you about two. So I think this these games will probably run you two hours instead of three like the NFL games. Well, I mean that's the same thing the AAF was trying to accomplish. What do you think they failed at? What do you think caused the AAF to go under? Money. Yeah, of course. Of course. That was basically the issue with them. Like they I was enjoying AAF. Like imagine Having AAF games and XFL games going on this year. Oh, like, no shortage of football. It would have been like AEW versus NXT. Facts. The AAF is better than the XFL. That would have been exactly what we've been doing. Like, there's no shortage of football now on, on a more mainstream on a more mainstream flat platform. I think the one, the one thing that's kind of the one thing that I've seen that'll be a little bit more like, okay, what's going on is the lack of names on these teams. Because yeah. on the last one, you had Johnny Manziel got signed to a team. Which I heard a lot of those guys can't sign until 2021. Which is a, shit. Oh, a lot of guys from the AAF? Yeah. Oh, man, that's a like and I hope and I really hope that they they the NFL guys are watching these games because I feel like some of these players are going to make a, a name for themselves to where they can get a shot at the NFL. I mean, yeah. I think the biggest Here, name on these teams right now is Josh Johnson. Here I got you on team on uh, some of the team name on some of the players on these teams. So here I got you. Here I got you on all that. I got you on the schedule. I got you on teams. I got you on all that. So, you want me to go through that now? Or yeah, let's look at the teams. Hmm? All right, let's go through the teams. Hold on. Yeah. All right, so here, we'll go through the, just the teams in the segment. Then we'll get to everything else in the next one. 
So here are the teams. There are eight teams in this league. You have the DC Defenders. Their colors are going to be red and white. You have the Dallas Renegades. They're going to be black and like sky. They're going to be black, white, like sky blue. They're not bad. Yeah, I'm looking at the Renegades now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, remind me of the Titans. Yeah, you have the New York Guardians who are going to be black, red, and uh, white. Those actually look pretty cool. The New York Guardians, I should say. My guy. Um, you have the Houston Roughnecks. They're going to be red, white, and blue. Red, white, I mean red, white, silver, and blue. So, kind of, it kind of looks like the uniforms. Remember that movie, The Replacements? Yeah. It kind of looks like that. I like them. Only way more. Yeah, I like those too. Then you have the St. Louis Battlehawks. What is that? A purple and white? Purple and silver? Uh, it looks blue. Oh, silver. It says, according to the Twitter, it says, it's a silver and blue born and raised in a blue uniform. They're so stupid. <laughs> but it's silver and blue. The Tampa Bay Vipers, according to the Twitter, it's a venom infused snake scale green. Uh, that green. I don't like this one. Yeah, that's a little too much green. It's a little too much green. Then you have the XFL. Then you have the Seattle Dragons. You got orange and blue and, and Emerald City green. That's not bad. I like that one. They could they could do better with the helmet logo though. The uniforms good. The helmet logo looks like uh something that you would get like all the old Maddens. Yeah, oh, oh my gosh, I remember that now. Because they had the Amsterdam Admirals, the Rain Fire, they had the, what else they had? They had like the, the Claymores, they had like, the Storm. The, no, yeah, the Storm, they had like the. the I like the Defenders jersey. Favorite team already based on uniform because based on team name, the Battle Hawks that sounds pretty cool. Sounds kind of retro, but a lot of these names sound retro. These names sound cheesy at points, too. Yeah, Guardians, Renegades, Roughnecks, Battle Hawks, Vipers, Dragons, Wildcats. I'm looking at it now. Right now, my favorite jersey right now is DC. Yeah, the red and white is simple. I mean, maybe I'm partial to Dallas teams, but I just like the colors, the color scheme for the Renegades. It reminds me of the Apollos. Yeah. True. I like the it really does look like the Apollo jersey, now, now that you say that. Only difference is the, the blue is slightly darker. They have blue, it was like blue and orange though. 
So I don't know. The Guardians uniform looks pretty good too. I like their helmet logo. It's like a tiger. I like that. Anyway, who you got? You got a got a team you're gonna root for? Not yet. Not yet. How did you become an Apollo's fan, anyway? Uh, I like the jerseys, and I just, I just, I just like the style they had playing, and their coach, Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier. Oh, Steve Spurrier. Right? Anyway, so let's go to the. So that's the uniforms. How much time do we have? Ten minutes. Right, so we're going. I'm gonna blow through. Just go give the star players on some of these teams. So um, on the defenders, they have uh, Cardell Cardell Jones, former quarterback from Ohio State. Not bad. They have uh, I've seen DeAndre Tompkins, Max McCaffrey. I'm gonna check and see if that's any relation to to uh, to Christian. Leon, it is. That is Chris, Max Max McCaffrey. Is his brother? Yes. Yep. He plays Max receiver. McCaffrey is a, yeah, Max McCaffrey is Christian's older brother. That's interesting. Yeah. And their younger brothers are Dylan McCaffrey. He plays for Michigan. And Luke McCaffrey is a true freshman at Nebraska. How about that? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Max McCaffrey is uh yeah Max McCaffrey is in there. You have uh then you have let's see the uh, Cardo Jones Max McCaffrey seeing on here Sam Montgomery Elijah Campbell Desmond Lawrence Raheem Moore. That name sounds familiar. Matt, e- Matt Elam. Matt Elam. Uh, he's a safety. That name definitely sounds familiar. Um, I, I got to remember they don't have kickers. So, uh, for the Houston Roughnecks, Sammy Coates, wide receiver. Remember him? I do remember him. Uh, do you remember Connor Cook? Hold on. Before we, before we keep going, mm-hmm. Matt Elam was actually – a first round pick. For who? He was number he was he was picked number thirty two by the Baltimore Ravens. As as a safety? Yes. Huh. Interesting. That's why I remember the name was like, wait, he definitely sounds like he has a uh, familiar name. But yes, first round pick. You said who who was that they talking about? Connor Cook. He was a quarterback for Michigan State. He's on there. I remember the name. I can't remember what team he was on in the NFL, though. Connor Cook, he played for the – I want to say he played for the Redskins. I might be thinking of Kirk Cousins. Fourth round um, by the Raiders. Ah, the Raiders. Um, Sammy Coates, wide receiver from Auburn. Remember that name? Um, there's not a lot of – well-knowns in here. Uh, Matt McLoyne, I remember him. Watched him play at Penn State. 
Um, Matter of fact, he, he played with Connor Cook. Going to the Roughnecks. Hmm? Yeah, that's. Oh, I'm on the Guardians, on the New York Guardians. Matt McGloin is quarterback. I'm on it, man. Uh, uh, there's a kid named Anthony in there. Like Anthony with an R in front of it. Ranthony? Ranthony. Uh oh, no. Don't do that to me. <laughs> he said, uh uh-uh. Uh, okay, so Ranthony Texada. Yes, he played for the Redskins. And uh, let me see. Okay, here we go. Now we're going to get some familiar names on the Dallas Renegades. Landry Jones, quarterback, Oklahoma. You what? Yeah, Landry Jones is playing. Going to play for the Dallas Renegades. I remember so, him. Uh, Lance. Lance Dunbar, former Hughes. He used to be a running back for us. What do you want to get in trouble? Yes. Yes. Okay. Guess he's trying to get back. Hope he stays a while. Um, let me see. That's for the Renegades. Then um, Tampa Bay Vipers. Aaron Murray? What? From Georgia? He's Aaron Murray? Aaron Murray from Georgia. Vaguely remember him. No, I remember him. I watched him play. He was good. I liked him. There's a kid named Picasso on the on the Rene, I'm not on the Tampa Bay Vipers. There's a kid named Picasso Nelson on their team. <laughs> I hope he's good. Watch him show out. Um, yeah, let me see. Let me see on the on the Battle Hawks. Jordan Ta- Tayamu. I'm man, I watched that kid in college. I remember that name too. Matt Jones. I'm pretty sure you played in there. Matt Jones. Please don't sell it was a few Matt Jones now. Matt Jones, running back from Florida. Yep, played for the Eagles, came from Florida. Had to make sure it wasn't the Matt, the old Matt Jones from like, like what's this old stuff doing playing now? You remember the Matt Jones that used to play for the uh, Jags? Yeah, oh my gosh, yes. Let me see. Uh, they, oh wow, they actually have a kicker. Interesting. <laughs> the Vipers signed a kicker. Then let's get to the Battlehawks. They have uh, Brandon Silvers is one of their quarterbacks. Um, Temple. There's Chris Davis. Wow, Chris Davis. Chris Davis. Right, let me tell you something about Chris Davis. He's a Chris Davis cornerback from Auburn. Chris Davis is the guy who ran the kick six back against Alabama in that classic game. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then, uh, then the last team I have up here is the Los Angeles Wildcats, and you're going to love this. So you remember uh, the name Luis Perez? Vaguely. Luis Perez 
played for the, if I remember correctly, he played for the, the Birmingham Iron, I think. No, he didn't. He played for, uh... anyway, Luis Perez. Let me look up, make sure I get his name right. I mean, I got his name right, but yeah. Luis Perez used to play in the AAF. He played in the AAF. He played for, yeah, he played for the Birmingham Iron. And he's the guy, this kid, learned how to play quarterback. From, by, uh, if Mary serves correctly, it's like he learned how to play. I think this is a guy who learned how to play quarterback by watching videos on YouTube. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. So, yeah. He's, uh, he ended up going to college and all the other stuff. But, yeah. This, uh, this guy, he's not going to play with the Los Angeles. He's not going to play with the, with the Wildcats at quarterback. So, and then, yeah. Yeah. That should be interesting. Yeah. Well, they got some, they got some well-known names in there. Not well also, the Wildcats have Josh Johnson. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at it now. They have uh yep. Saeed Blotnall. I remember that name. Wow. So uh so Nick Novak. When? when is the Super Bowl? Uh the first week of uh actually hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're gonna uh we'll be right back and we're uh talk- because I think we're going to end off with talking about XFL, but we're we're going to uh, need more time to talk about that. So we'll, we'll get there in a second. <laughs> All right. So, so say you were saying what now? So here's a thing: the the divisions are going to be split in between East and West. Obviously, it should be obvious which teams are where. Like, so St. Louis, Houston, St. Louis, Houston, Dallas, and L.A. are on one side. And then you have D.C., New York, uh, Tampa Bay, and I think I missed one. I say D.C., New York. Tampa Bay and Dallas might be on one side, and then you have Seattle, Houston. Well, I don't know how they're going to split them. Hang on. I'm trying to see if they show how they're going to split the teams up. But anyway, the two teams are going to be on east and west. And uh, and uh, there is – here's the, what the schedule looks like. Oh, never mind. Here we go. D.C., New York, St. Louis, and Tampa Bay are going to be in the east – Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles, and Seattle are going to be in the West. Yeah, that's how that's going to go. And Hold then, on. what is the Super Bowl? What um, what's the Super Bowl? What day is the Super Bowl? Uh, what Super Bowl is it? Super Bowl Fifty Four. Yeah. Sunday, February second. All right, so February second. Literally not even a week 
from well a week from then on the eighth, uh, February eighth is when the season kicks off. And it's gonna kick off with Seattle at DC and LA at Houston. And then on Sunday it's gonna be Tampa Bay at New York and St. Louis at Dallas. That's week one. Those hmm. games are in, are gonna be on the following. The Seattle and DC is gonna be at two on Saturday. There's only two games. It's going to be at 2 and then 1 at 5. At 2 o'clock, Seattle's going to play D.C. on ABC. And then at 5 o'clock, L.A. is going to play Houston on Fox. And then Sunday, Sunday, Tampa Bay is going to play New York on Fox. And then St. Louis is going to play Dallas on ESPN. So, And then the final, the championship, is going to be on April 26th at 3 p.m. on ESPN. Ah, so, I'm, I'm still looking at this roster, and it's, it's other names appeared. I didn't even know that was up here. Like uh, Tyree Jackson is, uh, I guess he's going to be backing up Cardell Jones. Because they have up here, like, look at the stations. Like, most of these names are going to be playing on ABC. There's ESPN, ESPN2, Fox, FS1. Those are major stations. Oh, yeah. they they. I mean, look look who's funding this, okay? <laughs> okay, Eli Rogers is playing in the XFL. What? Yo, there's other names up here that I didn't even know that was in the in here. Like Eli Rogers. There's a lot more names than I thought was up here. Phil Walker. I remember Philip Walker. He was uh he played with the Colts in the uh, preseason. Really? Uh, yeah, I remember him. Uh, I I just found like the full rosters of each team. Coney Ealy is playing for the uh, Houston Roughnecks. He was making noise in uh, Carolina for a while, so he's definitely somebody to look out for. Uh, is, he, is he good? I mean, he was like one. Of, he was a guy that you definitely had to look out for because he could make noise. On that line, so I think he's gonna make some noise on that uh, D line for them. Um, looking based on roster, do you see any teams that could stand out right now? Uh, hard to say. Or is it a little too early? Saying, but based on roster, who do you think has the most talent? Just for what you see, I never can see DC. Because they have Eli, they have they have a lot of guys. They got Cardell, Eli Rogers. So I think they can do something there. Uh, Houston with having um with having Coney Ely there, I think they can make noise on defense. Hmm. I like so. What, what's your favorite rule out of everything in XFL? I love the uh, I love the overtime rule. I do. I like that too. That's that's my favorite too. I like the fact how um, I'm kind of loving the fact how each ball is uh is unique. Oh yeah, that's dope too. So it's like they're not playing with just one ball. Like every team gets their own. Like when every team is on offense, they're playing with their own custom ball. I thought that was pretty interesting. 
Yo, Taylor Heineke's up here. Who's he? Tyler? No, Taylor from uh, ODU. I thought his name was Tyler. No, it's Taylor. He plays for St. Louis. Is he backup or is he a starter? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm on I'm on Wikipedia, so I might be wrong. We know how Wikipedia can be, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was Taylor. I mean Tyler. Nope, it's Taylor. Because I I remember uh the uh the the I, the first time I heard his name it was Norfolk State. We we played them in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. And Chris Wally could not hang with Heineke for nothing. So that caught me off guard. Taylor Heineke is up here. Uh, Chris DeMichael? Stop playing. They got Chris DeMichael. This is uh, St. Louis. So you got Taylor Heineke, which looks like he's going to be the starter. It might be the starter. I don't know. Uh, Chris DeMichael. I may have to support him just to support hometown. Just because he's from our hometown. They got Will Hill. I don't know, bro. I mean, St. Louis looks like they could do something here. Because well, didn't Tyler get drafted? I know he got drafted. Yeah, he got drafted. He was with the. Uh, he was just with the. Uh, he this all season he was with. He's been traveling around because like one year he was with Houston. This year he was with the uh Panthers during the off season during the preseason. Oh. And I know he's good. Like oh, he yeah. has like some <clears throat> talent to get stood out like that. Yeah, I mean he was in the NFL for a hot minute. He actually had he actually started a few games. So I know he's got something. Um that's that's pretty dope. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if I see anybody else that I can think of names. Uh, that's all I see right now. I don't know. We'll see later. But that. So what do you think? There's some good teams in there. Oh yeah, this is look. I like football. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like football? A loser. Wait, who did you say? A loser. Yeah, that's true. So looks like everybody has along the lines of sixty five or around seventy signed to their roster. Okay, it's not bad. The thing is, I don't know if they are going to be doing cuts. Well, I imagine because the season is right around the corner. So. so they might be doing cuts because I like like teams have like most teams have three quarterbacks. Los Angeles has four. New York has four. Tampa Bay has two. Yeah, so they're going to need something else. Yeah, they're going to uh, – I'm pretty sure they're going to do a lot of cutting. Because right now these rosters look like college rosters, just based on how many people are in these teams. But definitely – I'm looking at a lot of these guys, and I'm really rooting for some of these guys who actually make some noise. Philip Rock, Philip Walker, Connor Cook, uh, always Taylor Heineke. Uh, Tyree Jackson is one I'm really rooting for too. I think Tyree Jackson has a great build. But I think he's going to definitely be uh, backing up Cardell. Okay. Looking at looking at this, okay. So looking at DC already, I could see them doing a lot of uh, read options. Oh, you're talking about with Cardell? 
Yeah, I mean, all three of their quarterbacks uh, look like they are running guys. I already know Tyree's a running guy. Tyree actually, uh, I, I use I use Tyree Jackson in Madden all the time. He's pretty he's pretty fast. Uh, Cardell's fast. I think Cardell has a little more speed over uh, Tyree, so I could definitely see them running uh, a lot of uh, read options. Uh, he can move pretty good in college. Oh, yeah. So I, I can kind of tell where they are going with their offense just by that. And Eli Rogers is actually a pretty solid guy in the slot team. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Outside of that, everybody else I don't know if I can really tell. Uh, Philip Walker... This is the yeah. It, Philip Walker played with the uh, Colts for a few years on the practice squad and uh and whatnot. Sure. It's gonna be, it's gonna be very interesting. I, I I don't know if I'm ready to uh, pick a team yet though. Yeah, neither am I. Although, like I said, not to lead towards Dallas, but even with the Renegades, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. No. So if I had to go on name alone, I'd say oh, I'd pick the Renegades. Like, why didn't they call the Redskins that? They were so hung up on them being called a racial slur. Why don't they just change it to that? The Rebels. You know? The Washington Rebels. Washington Renegades. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, they, they don't want to change. Yeah, of course not. Man, have you seen them recently? Of course they don't want to change. So. But that's pretty much all we got for XFL. I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Uh, outside of the fact that uh, I'm going to need all the capitalists to leave uh, <laughs> leave Boosie alone. Boosie going to do what Boosie does. Uh, I, I I understand that he walk, he walking out here with y'all, with y'all letters on and whatnot, but Y'all not about to do anything to a dude that got away with murder. He did what? You didn't see the picture? No, no. I sent the picture in the group. Like, this dude is literally, literally was at the game in a Alpha Alpha side sweater. Look, look, it's, it's in the group. It's right above the last picture you sent. I just saw it. Where is that at? An ATL? Uh, it looks like it is in Atlanta. Isn't that like a big no-no? Isn't it like a huge no-no in the black community? Especially the HBC world, yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah, Atlanta crazy. is the black mecca, and there is a there's an HBCU in Atlanta, Clark Atlanta. I mean. I mean, somebody should say something. What you gonna say to Boosie? Uh, let me there. You better leave Boosie alone. <laughs> this man beat a murder case, bro. So? What you gonna do to a man to beat a murder case? <laughs> I mean, if you have pride in your fraternity, you gonna say something. You know? You gonna be dead. Yeah, right. Very well. Very well. It, it, it's certain people like look. 
if it was you or me that was walking around in that in that sweater, we would have got beat up. Yeah. And you know it. Yes. Now, Boosie a whole different animal. So what? You get the right numbers, you can get it, you can do it. And he got number two. Yeah, but from New Orleans. So I'm just I'm just saying like I don't know, man. No, it's so funny because uh, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, look, I'm not Greek. Uh, well, speak, speaking of which, uh, happy Founders Day to all the brothers of Phi Beta Sigma. Put that out there. Uh, happy Founders Day to all y'all. Shout out to all my uh, my family and friends that are Sigmas. I got a few of them. Uh, but oh, oh, go ahead. We all we know because going to an HBCU, we we know how big the Greek culture is amongst black kid, a black amongst the black community. Yes. Now, when you get people that didn't go to college, <laughs> which at this point is still weird to know, realize that people don't understand. People don't realize that. Like it, it still puzzles me the, to understand the fact that Boosie doesn't understand. The importance of his shirt to people of, of, of among that fraternity, because it's like we we have movies out, like even 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 outside of the African American culture, there there are fraternities in all in all the colleges. My sister goes to ODU; she's in a sorority, and is not one of the D So it puzzles me for that reason. But like I said, he a hood dude. He ain't doing nothing to him. But go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I had a birthday to share since I find it. Uh, somebody turned... What's today? Today is the 9th. J.K. Simmons, happy birthday to J.K. Simmons. Happy birthday to A.J. from uh, from from the Backstreet Boys. Mm. Happy birthday to Dion Cole. Where is it? Somebody is forty-two today. Um, dang, man. So, I think it was like a. I saw somebody's birthday today. And, uh. And it was really cool. I thought it was really important. Who's, whose birthday was it? Oh, Ruby Riot's birthday's today. Oh, man. I miss Ruby Riot. I do too. Ooh, I'm definitely listening to that. Uh, Richard Nick. So looking at the uh the the new the new music dropping this week. Oh, there we go. No, here I found it. I found it. We good. We good. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah. Happy forty second birthday, 
before we go, I want to say happy 42nd birthday to probably the greatest talker in football history, Chad Johnson. Ocho Cinco? Ocho Cinco is 42 today. He's Quattro Dos today. He's, he is Quattro Dos. I mean, the real the real way to say it is Quaranto y Dos. Quaranta y Dos. Um, that is how old he is. I'm disappointed because there's not a lot of music, a lot of new music that I'm really interested in listening to. Outside of Mick Jenkins, he's dropping an EP uh, called The Circus. And I think... Uh, also, apparently, Mac Miller dropped a single, a posthumous single called Good News, and people are trending about that. Oh, yeah. He's dro- He's getting ready to drop his... Uh, well, he's not dropping anything. They're about to drop his posthumous uh, album. Uh, it, it, MF Doom is forty nine today. Ooh, so yeah, they, his uh his new album will be dropping on the seventeenth. Oh, also something we forgot to talk about. Can we talk about Jesus is Born right quick? It's pretty much the Coachella uh concert. No, I know, I know that, but it's the songs of Brad Lightning though. I know, I know. Also, Kanye is going to be releasing Jesus is King Part 2 this year at some point. And Run the Jewels Part 4, <laughs> RTJ4, is coming out this year. That's good. Hey, hey, Cole's dropping the album this year. Kendrick's dropping the album this year? Yeah. Oh, it's lit. But uh yeah, this uh this album for uh Matt Miller is twelve songs long. It's twelve songs. This first song is actually six minutes long. Wow. Looking at it now, yep, it's five minutes forty two seconds. Called Good News. I think I'm gonna listen to it once I get off of here. Uh between that and um Mick Jenkins dropping the album, I think I'll be set for the week with uh music. Anything else that you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, I'm good. Well, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to head and get up out of here. Uh, very uh, sports talk today. Uh, I, I want to say it wasn't too much going on that I wanted to talk about. Mainly, everybody's just going off about uh, so-called World War Three. Calm down, ladies and gentlemen. We're not going into World War Three. I ran down what to smoke. He doesn't have the endurance for that, for lack of a better word. I really don't want to smoke anyway. Yeah. So, with that being said, peace, love, and Pops Hearts. We'll be out of here, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Pops Hearts.